Greetings and salutations. You are listening to the Into the North podcast, where we take a look at the competitive side of the Commander format, also known as CEDH. I am one of your hosts, Lyndon, aka Noobzors, and today I am joined by my co-hosts, Matt, aka Null. What's up? Reed, aka Sick Robot. How you doing? And Morgan, aka Spleenface. Hey, hey. Uh, and in this episode, we'll be doing an Ikoria and Commander 2020 set review. Um, as with previous set reviews, we're only going to be touching on a few cards and not doing a deep dive on the entire set. Uh, just more the the greatest hits and, and some cards that we just want to discuss. Um, but before we get into that, what have you guys been up to since the last episode? Well, I've been enjoying some of these new cards. You know, Definitely some spicy stuff. Staying inside a lot. <laughs> Yeah, put in a Lots lot of, of great time to get some brewing started, right? Have you have you debuted any of these new brews, or just kind of like messing around with stuff? Uh, I played uh, Ukima and Kazur Food Chain on the Notion Thieves on Tuesday. Nice. And Which I mean, so, so let's by that be deck honest, has a one hundred percent win rate. Can we can we really <laughs> can we really call it a brew? Come on. <laughs> hey, there's some stuff in there. Isn't 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 the whole idea of that deck that you're just playing no dead cards? You're you're taking away everything from food chain sliver that could have made it a brew. There's a steel enchantment in my brew. <laughs> oh. Dude, let me just Fancy. let me just change three cards from a standard list and call it a brew. You know? <laughs> there wasn't a standard list for this deck before like there still really isn't yeah fair yeah so it's not like i took an existing list and just changed three cards i took a i made an incredibly obvious list and then changed three cards it's slightly different. <laughs> beautiful <laughs> um i i like many other people um i'd say about 90 percent of the cdh population like them have put together an online kitten list. <laughs> For order what to list? Test it out. An online kitten list online to kitten? play. Kitten? Kitten Oh, kitten. Okay, sorry. Yeah. I was just hearing you wrong. No. <laughs> yeah, first yeah. I heard Is this a kitten? new card that I that I'm not even <laughs> yeah. aware of? Super secret spoilers. Okay. But yeah, um, at like yeah. I mean like like 90% of the CDH population. Um I'm working on a kitten primer. No, not really. <laughs> the salt monolith go burr. That- yeah, it's the one. <laughs> I mean, also sort of like you know, um, dice rolling on hitting Jin Cataxius and consecrated sphinx and stuff off the top. Oh. <laughs> nice. <laughs> because why not, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, why would you pay six mana for a consecrated sphinx when you, <laughs> when pay, you pay seven mana for a consecrated sphinx? <laughs> <laughs> or, or seven mana for a Thrasios. How about that? Oh, that's, that's a great one. Honestly, that gets me going. Let's <laughs> I mean, that's, jump that's, into that's, that's housekeeping, guys. That's basically just Let's Kenrith, right? Let's move on to housekeeping. <laughs> we'll have plenty of time to discuss Kinnon uh, later on in the episode. So, yeah. obviously, our housekeeping... Uh, Always filled with our new patrons. So I want to give a big shout out to Scott M. Uh, Forrest J. And to Cody K. Thanks, guys, for becoming patrons. Um, also, I just want to give an extra special shout out to uh, Scott M. Because he became a patron because he lost a bet to me. And, uh, you know, <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> he, he, yeah. he, uh, he, he paid up. So uh, 
man. Lynn is putting in that marketing work, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how you're supposed to do it, right? It's yeah. not like just win bets. Don't yeah. don't like yeah. offer stuff that people want. No, or no, 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 no. Content, just like <laughs> just gamble, people. just gambling, <laughs> dude. Gambling on myself. Okay. Well, okay. That's, not, that's think, not a gamble. I think now we have to know what was the bet. It was on whether or not I could hit a certain level on MTG Arena. It was on whether or not I could hit Mythic. And it was ah. like right after the set release and I did it like in a day because it was pretty easy with just people whoever, playing random garbage. <laughs> whoever made that bet against you clearly doesn't know how much time you can sink into MTG Arena. <laughs> um, okay, well... That, that that does it for housekeeping um and let's just go on to the main topic because we don't really have any new developments to discuss so uh we've kind of broken down the set we've we've combined them together so we're doing Aquaria and commander 2020 and not like separating them but we've broken it down into three different categories so we've got the commanders our top picks and other and the majority of the time is is going to be uh spent discussing the the top picks and uh, commanders but the the other category we're gonna you know maybe only touch on things briefly uh but yeah it's it's interesting so let's let's just jump right into commanders um and as morgan mentioned earlier i think there is one standout set of commanders and then they're a partner duo and not, so I'll, not I'll throw it to not, morgan for this one they're not exactly stand out for any reason pertaining to how interesting they are to build <laughs> how unique their mechanic is anything like that really no so we've got uh ukima stalking shadow who is a 2-2 whale wolf that casts for one a blue and a black uh, it cannot be blocked, and when it leaves the battlefield, it deals X damage to target player, and you gain X life, where X is its power. And then we have Kazur, Ruthless Stalker, uh, who says whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, put a plus one plus one counter on that creature, who is a 3-3 human warrior for four. So we're in Sultai, and we finally got a commander that is a hard food chain outlet, on its own. Whoa, 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 whoa. In, in the right colors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah, you, in, Matt, you preempted me. You saw in where I was going. Was it, was it too obvious? <laughs> we finally got a commander who's a hard food yeah. chain outlet who also lets you play Demonic Consultation and Tainted Pact in your deck. See, Is I can better? still get Morgan on that one because Food Chain Jaleva exists. <laughs> and Food Chain in your deck. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, so with these commanders, initially I was kind of thinking that it's not completely obvious that this is the default Food Chain build. Um, and I don't know, I, I haven't talked to uh, I'm, yeah, I, the premier I'm not sure Food if... Chain experts on whether or not they've come to a consensus on that, but my thinking was that you you do get the hard outlet, but you're you're foregoing, um, obviously the access to white and red, which is not nothing. Um, you know yeah. your pyroblast, red blast, vexing shusher, squee. Well, yeah, the big the big uh, one yeah, is you're squee. missing squee. Yeah, it's the third outlet. I think yeah the the it's not so much the I mean yeah you lose squee and red, but actually your tainted packs and demonic consultations are still a lot more consistent because you don't have to worry about exiling your outlets. 
Um, so it's it's like the one food chain deck where it actually doesn't matter if you cast him on a consultation or food chain is the bottom card. Yeah, like you exactly. still just yeah. got there. Um, like in in Sliver, you know, there was a twenty percent chance at the at the least that food chain was below Oracle, Labman, Jace, and Twister, and if all of those were exiled, you just couldn't win. So, um, now now we we've eliminated that sort of risk. You just have to hit the caster exile creature, though admittedly you only have two instead of three, which means you have a 66.67% chance of hitting it rather than a 75% chance of hitting it. Um, but the math still works out quite heavily in Ukima's favor, actually. Um, assuming, of course, that you haven't already drawn one of the pieces in the sliver, which happens a lot and makes it a lot safer. Um... But, yeah, the honesty and the things that you lose, so, yeah, losing Squee is unfortunate. Uh, the Blasts and Shusher and Dockside were all very good, but not super critical. Food Chain existed without Dockside, you know, without a problem for a very long time. Uh, you lose Enlightened Tutor in white, Dovin's Veto, I guess. But the two things that you actually lose that really do hurt are Avacyn's Pilgrim and Noble Hierarch. Ooh, that's actually really yeah. true. Good I mean, point. you also you also lose silence, but yeah, Avacyn's Pilgrim Noble Hierarch are pretty huge. Um, and actually, along with all of that, <laughs> there's actually a card that you miss as well that we've talked about before, even though we're also going to be covering it in this episode later on. But you lose that on <laughs> Dranith Magistrate, which is actually yeah. a pretty large deal as well. Yeah, that was the first thing I thought too. Huge card. I mean, also, it's not it's it's not super in line with I. Th- think personally where i think food chain should be positioning itself in the current meta but i think it's also like just too good of a card to not play and you'd sort of hurt just from not having it yeah so i don't think the the printing of these commanders is going to negate the existence of people who want to or negate the uh first food chain first sliver like uh the sliver did to uh good old niv mizzet may he rest in peace um so people people should still be playing first sliver, you know, at least for a bit until people decide on whether or not uh, they're going to make a full switch, or maybe it'll, people will decide that it's just you know preference. But, I, uh, I think yeah. that it. I I don't think that it's clean enough that it will ever be. Like, I I suspect I have my suspicions about where people will settle, but you know, will settle in like a seventy thirty split, not. Mm. Uh, not yeah. a hundred zero or you know ninety nine one split. Um, I mean, and, and what I think is that the how just aggressive you can be in, like, so with with sliver, if you were casting, let's say, demonic consultation with none of the pieces, that meant you had about a fifty percent chance of getting there. Uh, now that's up to two thirds. Um, and what that and there's no risk that you I mean other than it being in the top six, I'll use tainted pact instead of demonic consultation to eliminate that. There's no risk that a tainted pact finding you food chain leaves you unable to win ever. Like you can't exile your pieces. Um, so what that means is that you can just very actively tutor for the forbidden tutors and just go for it. And I think that's where food chain is best positioned in the meta to punish people who are spending one more turn to develop trying to play the mid-range or long game grind yeah i definitely agree with that yeah makes sense and if you want to hear more about our analysis on uh 
how the meta is going to develop and, you know, how food chain and, and other decks might be positioned. Go back and listen to our last episode. Uh, I, yeah. Yeah. I also think that like, uh, the huge thing, not about just about like punishing people who are being greedy and like by default, not having the grind potential. Uh, the other reason why you want to be faster with food chain, especially in the coming, uh, months and potentially like year or so is that, the more consistently you can get under a rule of law, the better, right? We also have to be able to get under Draneth. Yes, that too. But um, I think like just well, yeah, I guess actually they're like fairly comparable in density at this point, just because of creature tiers. So yeah, it's like you want to be able to get under Draneth and rule of law as consistently as possible, and in a lot of moves. <laughs> and the one value engine that's a stack piece for food chain, which is like. <laughs> My big worry, which is Rhystic Study. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Great card. Fantastic card. (laughs) Have you ever been playing Food Chain sitting at a table, and there's a Rhystic Study, and you're, like, figuring out how you're going to remove it, and then someone plays another Rhystic Study, and you're like, oh, no. No! I wonder, Um, is because it kills as part of the thing, I wonder... If there's any chance you can kill somebody before they draw too many cards off of Rhystic Study. Probably not, but the thing is, is that you don't have to resolve anything that isn't creatures anymore, which is yeah. nice. Um, so it's just fighting against them finding Pact and Force of Will. Yeah, and some decks don't run Pact, and like if they've already used one, I mean, you'd need access to both your Cast from Exile creatures, but it, that this is where it's unfortunate that you don't have Squee, because yes. Squee doesn't lose to Force of Will. But, yeah. Okay, well, time to move on to the uh, next commander on our list, and that is Riel the Everwise. Uh, so Riel the Everwise is an O3, uh, casts for one generic, blue and a red. Um, it's a legendary creature, human wizard, and Riel gets plus one plus O for each instant and sorcery card in your graveyard. And the important text, uh, whenever you discard a card... Um, Sorry, whenever you discard one or more cards for the first time each turn, draw that many cards. It's super cool. Yeah. yeah and even more important cool. text, it's a zero three. Block timber boys. <laughs> so you have a good Mizzix, or you have a good is it commander that can block Tim finally. I, I just think that and lives in Pyroclasm. Oh my god, dude! It's uh, yeah. uh, it's just rubbing it wow. in Mizzix's face. It's just yeah. like mm, Riel. Mm, Riel look really at it. seems to be one of the interesting one one thing i really like about riel is that it's doing something and pushing you in a direction it's very gitrog-esque where it's pushing you in a direction that's outside of the standard sort of shenanigans so um you can't just slot in consult so it's going to force diversity on that front but it really also pushes you in a direction of kind of like anti-meta cards so it also like like, yeah it also go ahead yeah riel also um sort of building on that point it aligns with a lot of the way that I like to see new commanders printed. And I outlined this in the episode that we did with Scotty um, from Notion Thieves. Uh, really good episode uh, that we ended up doing on car design and commander design. Um, and it really falls into the category that I really like, which is commanders that immediately make a, like a wide swath of cards that have historically been unplayable. 
or are not useful for anything into cards that are super useful or playable. Yeah. Like it's it's the same <laughs> sort of thing that like Feather does, right? Where Feather immediately makes all these targeted cantrips super viable and like really interesting and like you suddenly have a lot of ways to build with the deck. Riel sort of does the same thing where th there are all these cards that historically don't do anything and have never been played that Riel suddenly makes like cards that you can actually play in a deck and it, it's super interesting when that stuff gets printed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It also makes cards that are already good much better. Yes. Which is which <laughs> like is the other part of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean like faithless looting to draw four is just like pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um like also medium at least. Yeah, not not <laughs> terrible. Um also I, I've been saying this every single time to anybody that ever brings up Real is I love the fact that Firestorm is a viable card now <laughs> that you can play Firestorm <laughs> yeah. in the deck because that card is so sick. <laughs> yeah, I think the strengths of Real really are the, the low to the ground mana cost. So obviously we've discussed Dranith and the lower costing your commander. Uh, the sooner you can get it down, the less likely you are to get blown up by Dranith. Now, unfortunately, being in... Uh, in in is it you you're not having access to the green mana dorks you don't have uh the ability to, to get a turn two riel super consistently so you are still a bit vulnerable to dranith and this deck is definitely built in a way that it's le uh, relying on the commander a lot so there there is there is that vulnerability but when when she sticks the value she generates is immense and she's able to play around um a fair amount of stacks pieces uh and play some herself so she can be running um obviously the the land hate so back to basics blood moon um she can play okay into um a rule of laws in terms of just valuing but uh yeah trying i mean to win like the she, game is is a bit difficult and i she, think that her biggest weakness yeah. is actually just trying to win the game consistently yeah, that's definitely the big one um i mean that's historically been the is it issue right is it's always difficult for is it to win the game um and the fact that she doesn't provide um half a combo in the command zone or access like easy access to combos in the command zone is a bit rough but honestly like i think it, that's probably fine and i think there's probably ways to build her to get enough yeah. density where like you can just start like cycling hands really easily and get there that's also like something problem... that we didn't mention as well as sorry um just like uh the like the discard wheels are also really good with her and like let you dig very deep very quickly so like casting a wheel of fortune with like six dead cards in your hand gets you like nets you like 11 cards nets you nets you uh seven sure yeah. but like 11 new cards right like if you yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think and one thing people need to yet, make sure this is um, they're doing the math correctly on Riel. Because I've yes. seen some, like, uh, if you go on, like, EDHREC, you look up what people are running in Riel. Um, they're like, oh, you know, maybe I'm going to run um, Goblin Lore or something, right? And you really need to, and just because something has discard in its cost or, uh, like, thirst for meaning, thirst for knowledge, just because it's discarding cards doesn't mean it's something you necessarily want to run. Um, you really want to look at the how much each card is is actually netting you compared to the mana you're putting in. So the wheel effects are obviously the ones that are gonna um, scale the best. Uh, like so, Wheel of Fortune has kind of a base of scaling, so it's gonna it's gonna go plus seven, or sorry, plus uh, yeah, plus seven. Um, 
I guess, yeah. Uh, but and then, but the uh, the wheels that that draw you equals the number of cards you discarded, then actually scale beyond what your that that like base that base threshold. So you know, discard your hand, draw that many cards, and there's a few of those effects in red, um, all and also in blue with like Telerian wins. So those are the cards that are gonna really like if you're trying to do go do a lot in in one turn or you know across multiple turns those are going to let you dig down down into your deck uh quite deeply so just when you're when you're evaluating real make sure that you're you're looking at the cards i think based on how much like i said you're you're netting on average yeah um Wait, why are those better than wheel they're not better than wheel oh. i think they they just scale better than wheel so they, they have a like, higher depending ceiling. on the circumstances right um you can dig deeper. So if you if you go to eleven cards in hand, right, you're gonna go, you know, plus ten, plus eleven. I just yeah. I I just salivate over the idea of casting gush into wheel in real. <laughs> oh yeah, nasty. <laughs> just like disgusting. I think yeah, one one of the things that, that real really suffers from is because you what you're incentivized to run so many wheels, uh, it's hard to keep cards in hand. Well, and so, also I think like, there's... To, to, if you're trying to assemble like an A plus B combo, it's really difficult because you're just you're gonna want to discard them. And th- there's also you're running a few cards. The that issue like selective discard. There's the issue of um, there's tension between okay, I want cards in hand so that when I hit a big discard in my hand to draw cards, pay off. I'm drawing extra cards, but I, like I also need to play out the meta rocks and lands in my hand, mm-hmm. and like all this other stuff. Um, but I mean, like, I think the deck's super interesting. I, I think that it, yeah. it's going to play in a really cool way. And there's a lot of interesting interactions with it that make it super interesting to play. I am yeah, like uh, Underworld Breach, certainly. Uh, yeah, that, that's the huge one, right? I think that's huge the thing that deck? people are leaning towards. Yeah. Although the problem is, of course, that you need to be able to stick an underworld breach and it's like oh if it gets stuck in your hand early do you, how do you cast wheels so you need to find a way to regrow cards and you're getting down a whole another path and you're like oh wait now not only does my uh commander potentially get shut off by draneth so does my win condition and that's beginning to get uh, a bit dicey especially with rule of laws as well yeah certainly um but yeah that's going to be an interesting uh interesting thing for the real decks to kind of see, see where they land after people have you know done a lot of refining yeah i, I have no uh, one doubt. thing too that we sorry one thing too that we didn't mention is real gets big like pretty fast oh yeah you might not expect it and yeah sure combat you know commander damage is kind of a meme in like the cdh world but you know real starts to hitting people i i've in my my real build that i was looking at i was serious i've been seriously looking at cards like wonder <laughs> to, to just push through damage like just I turbo mean, wheels and like quite close quite- Kill people with the uh, quite yeah. honestly. I feel like Teamer Battle Rage is a fairly real consideration. Um, just for taking <laughs> That's people out of the gross, game. yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, I, I feel like she's gonna land near the top of the heap for like the Blacklist Storm decks, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, I like, I feel like the engine is just so powerful, right? And like, she's so accessible to get down early and start generating value out of, yeah, Blue definitely Red's, my Blue favorite commander from the uh, from the. The T two sets, yeah, for sure. Blue red's like Grixis, but you have to try. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. have to make an effort. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, up next, um, we have Kinnon, Bonder Prodigy. Uh, so, Matt, you want to read these? Or sure. Read yeah. Kinnon. Sorry. 
So Kinnon casts for green and a blue uh, as a 2-2 human druid that uh, says whenever you tap a non-land permanent for mana, add one mana of any type that permanent produced. Uh, and then five and a green blue for an activated ability. Look at the top five cards of your library. You may put a non-human creature card from among them onto the battlefield. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. So, so that's yeah. pretty Reed. neat. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're the one who, who in the uh, in in the uh, discussing what we were doing, saying you were you're building you're building kin and testing her out. So, so that was that was a bit of a meme, but also like I have actually put in some games with it. Um, uh, I've I haven't invested a huge amount of time into the deck slash build slash whatever. Um, but it's interesting. There's there's like so first of all, there's a lot of ways to build the deck. Just because there's a lot of, there are a lot of types of things that tap for mana in the game, <laughs> right? There, it's there are mana dorks, mana rocks, um, like temporary mana, um, from stuff that like cracks itself and does all that kind of stuff. Um, so that that's all super interesting. Um, so the big stuff, yeah, uh, permanents that filter mana, yeah, also permanents start that filter mana. mana turn into actual rocks, which is super cool. Um, all that good stuff. So. Um, just to get a bunch of stuff out of the way for win cons and stuff. Um, so Kinnon's really cool in that Kinnon combos with Basalt Monolith. Um, because Basalt Monolith taps for three, untaps for three. Kinnon makes a tap for four, so you net infinite colorless with it. And then you just need to find an outlet for the colorless. Typically, Kinnon can use, like, find a Thrasios or something in a deck to outlet and actually win the game, which is pretty neat. And you can finding just finding Oh god. Just just finding <laughs> yeah, just finding finding a single card that gives you infinite colorless is just like a, a like pretty good <laughs> in a lot of cases anyway. So um yeah, it's not bad. Especially because you can like pay blue green in a bunch of times um to search through your library to do that stuff. Kid is also really good with free from the real. In a lot of cases, uh, straight up just freed from the real combos with Boreal Druid with Kinnon in play, which is super cool. Um, same thing with Pemanzora, same thing with Bloom Tender, and there are a couple of other two-mana dorks that do it. I, uh, I think Paradise Druid does it, and then a couple of other ones, um, which is sort of cool. So that Boreal Druid, I assume. Yeah, it's like Boreal Druid. Uh, Boreal Druid? Sorry, yeah, I, meant, yes. I meant Birds of Paradise. Uh, Birds of Paradise, Paradise Druid, Bloom Tender. Is that all the ones? That I unfortunately not Arbor Elf. That's the ones that I meant like, to say. Yeah, that that's that's yeah. sort of a rough one. Unfortunately, it doesn't multiply land banners, so that sort of sucks. But you know, Merrileaf Pixie. That also does it. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I'd consider it. A yeah. Game. No, definitely. Um, so yeah, like there's there's a lot of interesting stuff for the deck. Uh, I feel like there's a bunch of different. There are a few different directions as well. I mean, you can really lean into the freedom real stuff and like do a bunch of dork mana and that kind of stuff. But also, Kinnon turns like the two mana signets and uh, talismans into mana neutral rocks because they cast for two and tap for two. So you can play like a lot closer to a type of like what would classically be like a blue high tide deck low color blue high tide deck except you're like using mana rocks instead for the same sort of stuff and kinnon's your high tide so that's sort of neat um <laughs> i mean like kinnon's yeah. like kinnon plus a bunch of mana rocks is really good with a paradoxical outcome like really yeah. good <laughs> yeah. so you know and also just like turning your like turning a mox opal into a free mana crypt that taps for colorless 
or like mox diamond mox amber is like nuts in the deck like you have a lot of options springleaf drum letting, is great with it letting arkham's astrolabe actually net mana disgusting yes arkham's astrolabe <laughs> netting mana is really good like way too good it's awesome and then like also it's an outlet for ice crown scepter and that kind of stuff so like there, there's there's a lot of ways to they're like there's a lot of different directions to take the deck in um what i know and i can tell you for sure right now because i don't think any of that's ironed out and i think it's going to take a long time to figure out like what the best build of kitten is what i will tell you right now is that the deck makes a shitload of mana <laughs> like very <laughs> like a lot of mana very quickly as in like in gold fishing i've untapped with like 10 mana on turn three <laughs> Dude, time to run some some Eldrazi. Let's let's <laughs> just hard guest bombs. Edh yeah, Edh as it was meant to be. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, cool. Uh, so last on our list we have Calabash. Oh, okay. Actually, the... sorry, sorry. Before we get to this, before we get to this. <laughs> okay, okay. No, 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 no. It's it's actually I I remember I was gonna ask this question and I totally forgot because oh, of yeah. reasons. Um, but because I have my own bit of opinion on this, but. I'd like to ask you guys, do you think Kitten is going to end up being better relatively in the command zone or in the 99-98 of like mid-range green decks? Because I think it's like an interesting question, right? Like Kitten's really um, like really good at multiplying mana advantages. And if you're in like a Thrasios deck where you're looking to play yeah. a lot of dorks anyway, right? Like Kitten gets really good really quickly does i'm trying to evaluate it relative to something like a uh a biomancer's familiar or training grounds and i yeah <laughs> it's certainly it's certainly worse at being a biomancer's familiar and a training grounds in my opinion but um i think what makes it great in the 99 is it also functions as half of a combo um with basal monolith yeah but oh, I, that's actually that's tough. That's tough. I just have a hard time picturing myself putting basal monolith in a Thrasio stick. <laughs> Fair. It's not the worst I mean, thing so, to do, you know. So you can also, uh, I think it also is sort of cool in because there are decks that like there are Thrasio decks that have played free from the real right. So mm -hmm. I think it's and it may, like maybe not so much that there's that there's Oracle around, but I mean like there's probably space to like explore that a bit and i think kitten's like really good in a freed from the real thrasios deck because it turns your birds and noble hierarch into carriers for it which is sort of good yeah i don't know i'm, I'm um, just gonna go also, if you're so like kitten's better if you're also on zerda sorry and like if you're also on zerda it is another half uh like you're doubling down on the baseline monolith so you there is a bit more reason to justify it and uh, another thing I want to highlight about this is that I think this is going to be this is going to be a fantastic budget option for people who like want to get into the format wherever they play they're not able to proxy and they don't have the money to drop on you know a play set of duels and fetch lands and sure. like this yeah it synergizes so well with with dorks which are typically much cheaper than like the rocks i mean obviously you still want the rocks um it's two colors so you don't need a super expensive mana base um and it's combo pieces and outlets well i guess now thrasios is <laughs> lol sure but, but you, can, you can use like spectral <laughs> sailor sure whatever yeah you can yeah. you can use whatever you want um 
so like I think this will be a really really great option for someone who like wants to build a deck for you know four hundred or five hundred dollars rather I think it's than like four thousand or five thousand. That's a really astute observation, and I like I don't think that was something that I was considering at all. Yeah, that's leave it to Morgan to to think of the the budget players and and uh, the health of the format overall and getting people in. Good job. Yeah, re- re- really, really, shouldn't this be you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, back to where where I was going. Next next card and final card in our list of commanders, we've got Kalamax the Storm Sire and Morgan. Uh, this one's for you. It is. Okay. Um, <laughs> so Kalamax uh, the Storm Sire casts for one green, blue, and red. Is an elemental dinosaur who is a 4 4 and has whenever you cast your first instant spell each turn, if Kalamax the Storm Sire is tapped, copy that spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. And then it has, whenever you copy an instant spell, put a plus one, plus one counter on Kalamax. So it feels like there should be some insane stuff with this. I'm still not sure what it is. It's so Um, close. (laughs) I mean, so one thing that's worth noting is that, like, it just, double counter spells are, like, really, really good. It's not quite as extreme as, like, Tygam and uncounterable counter spells, but someone trying to go off with Kalamax tapped and you representing a counterspell is facing down, like, potentially a really rough situation. Yeah, that's Um, definitely true. And then there's obviously, you know, there's a a decent number of cards that this will do really good things with, like, you know, Frantic Search, um, or any number of instant draw spells that are all, like, mediocre but then when you cast two of them suddenly they become really really good um but it doesn't seem to because it's just the first and it's only instance it doesn't seem to there's not like that one card or that one thing you can do where it's like oh this totally enables that it's like you're you're still so i'd say there sort of is but it's not like there's not like the consistent thing that you can do with it right because i think like something that's really powerful about it has sort of been explored a bit is just like court of calling with it is pretty interesting right like just you can you can tap it as part of paying for the cost and it'll copy it afterwards so you can just like cord for two parts of kiki combo as soon as it comes into play sure um yeah stuff like that a lot of mana yeah (laughs) but i mean like it's like seven mana total because you're tapping the calamax for it and then you can casting calamax so you can convoke it mana total Uh, sure (laughs) but just just like it's (laughs) like there are things that you can do with it that are pretty good but yeah like i think it's it's just one of those cards and there are a lot of these but it's one of those cards where you're gonna re- you're gonna forget one of the restrictions every time you play against it, <laughs> and you always think that it's better than it is, and then you remember all of the restrictions, and you're like, oh, never mind. If we I'm took honest, if we took just like seems like worse tiegem. If we took just like one of these things off, then like one of these restrictions off, then it would be great. <laughs> um, I mean, it's I think it's worse than tiegem, but it's in much better colors. 
Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, uh, this is this, this really misses like Reed was talking about having court of calling and the one the advantage of Tygam doing like turns shenanigans um, is that you're you're in you're there's there's lots of redundancy with turn spells. And if you're doing stuff with like Mystic Sanctuary, um, it, it's pretty easy to assemble the A plus B combo just through, you know, digging with the cantrips. Um, but also just because, like I said, high amount of redundancy. Whereas Calamax, you're really going to feel the lack of black tutors for Court of Calling or, you know, whatever combo you're trying to assemble. And there's just not, you, you, there's, there is Cord, right? If you're like Reed said, so th there isn't a lot of redundancy for Cord. So it's going to be yeah. hard to assemble your win condition. No. And then also the, uh, the value engine aspect, um, like Tygam, Tygam just seems to kind of do all those little advantages that we talked about a bit better. Um, you know, oh, it's going to make it difficult to, for them to counter your your counter spells um, if you've got a tapped Calamax. Well, as soon as Tygam comes into play, all of your uh, instants and sorceries are uncounterable. So your counter spells are already all like Dovin's vetoes or whatever. Um, and then in terms of advantage, uh, you're you're really going to have to lean into the um, the instant speed cantrips, which get bad pretty quickly. So you've got opt, um, but then beyond that, you're you're starting well, to look at stuff like opt and brainstorm or and peak. Yeah, opt yeah. peak brainstorm. I mean, brainstorm's not fantastic in but multiples. I mean, yeah, um, no. Uh, uh, I, I mean, high tide's a great multiple. <laughs> yeah, high tide is actually the fantastic one for the deck. Yeah. It's also it's also like a four four and can it can attack if you really need to tap it. <laughs> True. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't know. I would say also well it okay, it does grow is the big one, right? Like whatever you whatever you copy something, it, it grows. So whenever yeah. it's tapped and you cast an instant. So it's like the world's worst scepter outlet. <laughs> well, sure, yes. But all like we're not like Okay, here's here's my view on like sort of what it does better than Tigum, right? As instead like in addition to just being in better colors, right? I think Calmax plays the hold up mana and do stuff on other people's turns part of control better than Tigum does. Yeah, the fact because, that you have to cast all the spells you want to copy on your turn yeah, is a yeah. big drawback in Tigum. So like you yeah. you have you have this very comparable ability of your counter spells are basically uncounterable or in this case take a very large effort to deal with. Well, I mean, it's the difference, like, they can also remove Tygam, so they need yes. two pieces of interaction t for every, for one you have. Yes. Um, but, like, so it's, it, like, it does the very comparable thing of making your counter spells effectively uncounterable, and it sort of does the same thing of, like, copying your spells, except it lets you copy spells in a less explosive way, but a much more consistent way when you're holding up mana, and you're but just passing turn to do stuff on other people's turns. <laughs> but it also can't copy as, like it has a restricted type of spells it can yes copy, that's is, that's that's the sucky part <laughs> well you've also got the it's not just the restricted so so there's well, that aspect, the but first also one if you're turn, holding yes. up mana if you're trying to if you're using your counter spells then you can't also use use uh calamax's ability for value that turn 
That's like not right. a big well, deal though. No, no, that's that's not a huge deal. I wouldn't say like that 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 sort of comes with the territory in playing control. But like I, what, I mean, what if I'm, you're playing control, you definitely need to be gassing back up. No, no, right? but, I mean, but yeah, what I'm so, saying, but what I'm saying is like every turn cycle. So in Tigum, you can't a lot of the time you can't both hold up mana and then if nothing happens, also get something back because or like get a lot back and gas up because Tigum only copies on your turn when you've attacked with them in this case you attack with Calamax you hold up mana and then if nothing happens that you need to counter that turn you can still gas up by casting an instant on people's end steps right like you can cast an instant speed like extra spell and you double it on the on the end step as opposed to Tigum having to commit on his turn to whether or not he's going to be holding up X amount of mana right Tigum can also and getting a large payoff get Tigum can also just dump a bunch of like cheap cantrips and the sorcery speed ones tend to be a bit better than oh, sure. yeah. 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 Calamax yeah. can play dorks I don't, I yes. I, I, I'm gonna be completely honest I don't think Calamax <laughs> yeah, big, I yeah. don't think Calamax is actually better than Tigum but I think there are there are, real, there are okay, very sure, sure. real areas where he does the control thing better than Tigum does no, I, I, I think I, I, I think I think the play patterns for hold up mana like Drago control are a lot better in Calamax than they are in Tigum. Yeah, and I think the one the one last thing that I want to bring up in terms of Calamax versus Tigam is that uh, if you are doing like a cord win con or something, it doesn't his his ability doesn't afford you the protection uh, for your win con yes. that Tigam does. Um, it's, it's also yeah, super that's, unfortunate that's that you um, can't. Kind of an obvious downside. Super unfortunate that you can't attack him to tap and then cord for Kiki. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess cord. No, no, well, cord, cord taps him. That's that's the whole thing. Yeah, but like, if you had some other speed, speed creature even, tutor, yeah, maybe there are. No, I I think cord's the only one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't think of another. Anyways, yeah, Calamax seems yeah, cool. It seems interesting. I th- yeah. He's definitely jank, but like, I think, I think he's better than it. I don't know. It's better Dude, one, than a lot of like teamer stuff that we've seen before. I don't know. One day they're gonna print a good teamer spellslinger <laughs> storm commander. Yeah, I mean, this is close. Double high chatting seems not bad. Maybe you just play like maybe you just play Calamax as like four color brawl. <laughs> maybe maybe that's just what you do whatever all right moving on okay so that wraps up our discussion for commanders and up next we've got our top picks category and so this this is uh the the cards we think from from ikoria and commander 2020 that are going to make the most impact on in cdh almost auto include tier um so yeah we'll we'll get into uh we'll, we'll jump into the discussion here so number one on our list is Draneth Magistrate. Hey, and here to go. <laughs> talked about this card uh, at length already. It's come up in this episode. We've talked about it in previous episodes. But yeah, let's let's uh, let's let's jump into it. So I'll read Draneth Magistrate. So for one and a white mana, it's a one three human wizard uh, that says your opponents can't cast spells from anywhere other than their hands. And we've gone over the entire list of what this stops, uh, I believe, last episode. Um, but quick recap, can't cast commanders. 
Can't cast commanders, and it also stops everything else <laughs> that like isn't console. <laughs> just, just yeah, if, if if you're playing if you're playing a win con that's not console, and you're like, oh, can I win through Dreadeth Magistrate? Answer is probably no. <laughs> just generally, <laughs> Twister Loops. Um, yes, except how are you getting to the infinite mana for the Twister Loops? Is the question here. Bomberman. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, okay. Also, um, I mean, like, for for context as well, I think we've all had at least some amount of time playing against Tranith Magistrates at this point and potentially playing with Tranith Magistrates in our deck. Um, yeah, I mean, it lives up to the hype, right? I think we're all in agreement. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, it's, it's one of those, like, it's one of those hype cards that you like you value extremely highly when it gets spoiled and it actually delivers yeah and it's also coincidentally miserable to play against <laughs> yeah it's, yeah. I, yeah i don't think decks have fully adapted to the tier to the amount that they should have for this card yet yeah it's um, it's like i feel like i honestly feel like most thrasios and Timid decks at this point should just be on neoform dread of magistrate like i feel like yeah, that's just oh, yeah, like an auto absolutely. include package honestly absolutely so is this um is this Inala's time to shine finally? <laughs> Make an unseat Kess as Dude, okay. All right. Flash banned. Everybody takes their cages and rips out of their decks. And then Dread Magistrate printed. Nobody wants to cast their commanders anymore. Easy. <laughs> Get there. Well, how about this? Thank goodness Flash was banned before this card. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. Like, honestly. Jesus. Can you imagine yeah, like, playing against Oracle Hulk with a Draft Magistrate in it? Oh god. <laughs> Yeah, it's oh, like God. okay. Turn to Neoform. You're like, is it Dranith Magistrate? Is it Grand Abolisher? Is it Thassa's Oracle? <laughs> Are they just gilded drinking my shit? I don't know. <laughs> Dude, the fact that this is asymmetrical is it's just the worst. So I hate absurd. it. It's, it's so absurd. bad. Yeah, in Gitrog, we're we're discussing like how many single target removal spells or you know board wipes that we're going to put back in it's like just we've gotten yeah. to the point where like we're like yeah you know fatal push that seems reasonable and it's like <laughs> it's not terrible honestly what? though it, it does seem fine dude <laughs> i know stuff out yeah stuff out works <laughs> it's good enough does the job oh it's it's absurd how much this 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 single card demands to be answered simply because it's going to be in like every deck. It's just like it's the worst. Um, it's just like you, you want to play Gitrog? Nope. You want to play Zero? Nope. <laughs> Kess? No. I, oh, Kess once is already on board. No. <laughs> I, I thought my fry memes died with Thassa's Oracle, <laughs> but hey, hey, <laughs> new targets on the menu, boys. <laughs> yeah, there's, and, and there's pretty the much no reason to not this run card this card in, in any of your white decks. That that's what I think is kind of the most detrimental part. Like it, yeah. It's certainly a strong competitive card, and I respect that. But yeah, the fact that you have to run in all of your white decks does not feel good. Yeah. The, the fact that this card is a one three is, is kind of a tilt as well. Um, just can't class yeah, like, me away. Dodges dodges pyroclasms. So like I know I was helping uh, the the helping them update the Godo primer, and I was saying like, okay, you should probably switch to more like Rasp, but you know you can't go into uh, clasms. Excuse me. So you can't go into clasms anymore. You should be looking at like sweltering suns and the the three damage rats, and it's like Dude. it just makes things such a pain in the ass. Dude. Like in Get Rog Two, you you miss out on um like your it dodges Cabal Pit and a bunch of like other things. Uh, it, yeah, one the one three body is just is it's super annoying. Time also, to, it just yeah. looks smug. Oh, in, incredibly <laughs> smug. He has a smug look. Also, the yeah. Blasphemous Act. We CDH now. 
Dude, <laughs> it's been in discussions. <laughs> not even joking. Blasphemous act and chain reaction. That's the, yeah, the, the, the I'm, hot goto debate. I'm is chain reaction. Which is better? I'm, which is better? I'm gonna be chain reaction or blasphemous. I'm gonna be pretty oh, no. honest. From what I've played in conquests, uh, chain reaction and blasphemous act are OGs. So <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if heavy dork metas make them very good. Yeah. Another okay. Well, that's enough. Is, like, you know, we've Jeff channeled is... all of our hate into Dranth Magistrate. <laughs> we'll yes, we'll continue <laughs> hating it for much. Yeah, it's become like an effigy. But um, so our next three cards and topics, and our last three cards are all part of the same cycle, and this is the Commander 2020 cycle of free spells that you can cast when you have your commander in play. So our number one um pick from this uh from the cycle matt do you want to read it yeah uh fierce guardianship uh for two and a blue instant uh counter target non-creature spell but of course if you control your commander you can cast it without paying its mana cost so um yeah before we get to the rest of this i actually am not sure that this is the strongest if that okay, makes sense. Yeah, arguments for... I I feel like yes, I feel like one. I feel like the next one's actually stronger, but there are just fewer decks that can use it, just because of the yeah. color. So I, one funny I fact, disagree. though, a funny fact about this cycle is like Dranath does a pretty good job at disabling the <laughs> the condition. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> incredibly good at just making yeah. these really bad. Uh, anyway, yeah. fierce guardianship. Yeah, bit of a next one is. Uh, let's let's get through them, I guess, before we actually yeah, spoil yeah let's read them and we'll discuss okay. them all in a Next match. one is Deflecting Swat for two and a red. Uh, if you control your commander, you can cast for free. Uh, you may choose new targets, targets plural, for target spell or ability. <laughs> or, ability or ability is kind of wild Tar- text. Yeah, targets, targets plural, spell or ability. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think we've ever seen that broad a retarget yeah they're usually they're typically either restricted to uh just spells or uh or only things with a single target or sometimes both uh yeah wild ricochet chooses uh targets but it doesn't but you can't target abilities yeah <laughs> um let's yeah let's move on Morgan, the last, uh, one. the last one is Deadly Rollick, and it casts for three and a black, or without paying its mana cost if you control your commander. And it says, Exile Target Creature. So, I think, let, let's first just kind of, I think Deflecting Swat and Fierce Guardianship are kind of obvious, and we'll, we can discuss those in a bit. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I just put Deflecting, oh, sorry, Deadly Rollick on this list. One, because it's in the same cycle, and, you know, let's talk about these at the same time. But also importantly is that the exile target creature, you know, sorts to plowshares is is kind of the uh, gold standard for you know single target creature removal in the format. But this effect is something that I think is legitimately playable now and and much higher you know consideration because of Dranith Magistrate. Yeah, and having access to uh, the ability to just remove Dranith Magistrate. Well, I mean, also, is, I don't, you, be, dude, a deadly relic is, is never going to exile. <laughs> yeah, a, a deadly relic is never going to exile a Dranith no. because <laughs> you're probably not spending four mana on it. And if you are, then that sucks. But I guess you have to. Uh, and if you have your commander in play, you're absolutely keeping the Dranith because it certainly affects your opponents more than it would affect well, you at that point. Well, I can definitely see the, the case where, okay, although... <laughs> what about... I, what about <laughs> I was going to say, I can see the case where you'd, you'd play it in, like, a uh, 
where if you have one of your partner commanders down and you want to get the second into play, you could deadly rollick something. But in that case, you yeah. probably don't want to be deadly rollicking it. Or deadly rollick is <laughs> is not usually going to make the cut in your you know four color yes. partner yes. deck. <laughs> yeah. Um. The the places where I think deadly rollick is going to see play are things like uh, Yuriko, um, which doesn't really have a problem running uh running getting your commander into play. And it's just uh, nice to have their ninjutsu rule spell. gets around Draineth. Yeah. Um, um, but also it's a nice, you know, big CMC target to, uh, flip. Um, but also I, I don't think, I do think that just single target creature removal, like having, having access to the ability to, to remove things for, for free is still something to consider. Yeah. I mean, so we're playing it in, even if it's not just for, we're, we're playing in curious control right now as well. Um, with most recent update with these spoilers, uh, because like I think it's just really powerful in that deck, and we were sort of aching for efficient creature removal anyway, um, just because you need to be able to get commanders off the board and stuff like that, and you mostly yeah. have your commanders in play by default anyway because you want to be gassing them, just because you know mm-hmm. they synergize with a lot of the stuff in your deck, and it's also like it's free if you draw it off of a curiosity effect or whatever. You can also just fire it off for free on end of turn to get another like just cycle it basically. Another thing yeah. to consider with this card is that if there is a Dranath in play and you just want to permanently remove someone's commander, right? Yeah, like, that's definitely oh, also yeah. a thing that you can do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. goodbye, your Timna. You, you have to remove Dranath now as well. Uh, see you, Gitrog. No, thank you. <laughs> Let's never see uh-huh. that one again. But oh, I put together gosh, God Eternal Kefnet. Take that. <laughs> I don't care if you exile it. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, I, think, I think that's enough yeah, for, for Deadly Rollick. Especially for how not good of a card it is compared to the other two here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's let's get into Fierce Guardianship and Deflecting. So, okay. So, for, for, I just want to just ask a question first. Has anyone come up with like a cute name for uh, Fierce Guardianship in terms of like either an acronym or like, you know, Force of Commander, Force of something? FG. You know? Sorry? FG. <laughs> FG. <laughs> Lame. <laughs> Lame. <laughs> Lame. Someone, one of our listeners, come up with a good, uh, a good nickname, Force of Blank, for for fierce guardianship. Something, something clever. I want that Force to, of Fierce to stick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, someone who isn't Reed, come up with a good name. Fierce Pact, Pact of Guardianship, Commander of Negation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but yeah, so a free negate, um. It's, it's a pretty good rate. Much it's it's pretty good considering something like force of negation was already playable. Um and that was not playable on your turn. Something that you can just play a Thrasios turn two or you know a Timna with the Dork and then be holding up a negate. Um pretty amazing. And then the fact that it's also from here on out gonna be able to be a, a like a free counter spell on your turn when you're trying to combo. That's off. a big one for especially very, for very proactive powerful. decks with yes. Thrasios in the command yeah. zone. Like if if you're looking to aggressively combo or at least be like fairly proactive with a, I, not even just Thrasios, but low CMC commanders in general in the command zone. Uh, this is so much better than uh, um, thing force negation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's also a lot like don't get me wrong, you definitely don't want to be paying retail for this, but it's like a lot less bad than having to pay retail for Force of Negation. Oh yeah, definitely. But I mean, even paying retail for Force of Negation wasn't like the worst case scenario yeah. either, right? You're only like three mana for, for a negate versus two. Obviously, you know, 
counterspell versus cancel big difference, but, um, but just having the- be, yeah, being able to, to, to cast it for one more mana than a negate and, you know, save a card from your hand in, in mid to late game. That's certainly reasonable and fierce guardianship, you know, but I just same, meant like same situation, yeah. here. Per- particularly in decks with like dorks and like for high color decks, decks with dorks, decks with, you know, fast mana, one blue blue versus two in a blue is actually like a, a huge yeah. difference it, it, in it how really difficult is. it is to hold up. And if you're yeah. trying to be proactive around like a carpet, yeah, the difference between three and four blue is huge. Um, what's funny though is with these three cards, you can't, or not that you can't, but you probably won't be playing them in your Anala deck. <laughs> Unfortunate. <laughs> yes, that's no. the issue that I have for this cycle, right? It's <laughs> what like... are you talking about? I, I take people's commanders all the time, and you don't. It doesn't have to be <laughs> right. your commander, just a commander. Yeah, like yeah, it's the, the, the Gilded Drake combo. The, wait, yeah. what? I didn't even realize that. Oh my god. Yeah, the the issue that's that strange. yeah, it's any commander. Um, <laughs> But it's like the issue that I have with these is sort of along those lines, though, is that like so uh, like I get it in for casual where it's encouraging you to cast your commander and sort of like a default thing that like, oh, these are like force of wills that everybody can have because you're always having your commander in play anyway. Right. That's sort of what the format does in CDH, though, like it, (laughs) it just it just punishes you more for not playing Thrasios. (laughs) That's all these do. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't need any more reasons to play Thrasios. (laughs) I I don't like this design from a casual perspective either. I don't think players needed encouragement to cast their command. Yeah, sure. Like, I I don't think I, I don't necessarily think like it's healthy, but I don't think it's like like breaking or and I don't I don't think it's like a huge shove in the wrong direction. It's just like okay, you're just giving people more like just giving more default power to a deck. Sure. Like whatever. Well, but I think you're also you're very much not distributing that power evenly across the colors. That well, sure, that too. I th- okay, I think the green one is <laughs> that's is just inexcusable. Why couldn't that have been a, Yeah, why could that not have been just like a, a nature's claim for, or something? For, you know? for the record, oh. for the record, the green one is an asymmetrical frog, which is like historically in limited, really good. Asymmetrical frogs are great in limited. <laughs> in, yeah. in commander, eh, not so much. <laughs> not yeah. No, not the, the white one is uh, grants your your creatures indestructible. Which is reasonable. Which is yeah. good and yeah. casual. Yeah, good for casual. Um, okay, and then let's talk about deflecting swat Which is, and all I think the crazy applications. Fantastic. Yeah. So first of all, the fact that you can deflecting swat and freely redirect a fiery uh, thing. Uh, Sorry, what's it called? Um, Fire Covenant. Fire Covenant. There we go. Uh, is, you can also redirect a Gilded Drake. You can redirect Gilded Drakes, which is fantastic. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, of course, uh, redirecting Dovin's Vetoes and Abrupt Decays. Fun, great fun, but we have all been doing that for ages now with Narset's Reversal and other redirects. Fine. Um, but, like, yeah, redirecting just like a lot of stuff. I saw the other day somebody died to a redirected fishbowl. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, yeah like, the, like these are like it's it's a very real card like there are a lot Wait, of sorry, things someone died to a redirected fishbowl and it wasn't the person who activated it uh yes because he had a counter spell on the stack for something else <laughs> yeah wow, <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah th- this card i think just you know fierce guardianship deflecting swat um Definitely staple tier. So I think okay, but they really so I, incentivize you to to be in. I guess in low I guess the argument for commanders. which one is better is like, 
I, I would say like fierce guardianship has a higher floor, but deflecting squad has a much higher ceiling, like much higher ceiling. Yeah, I'd agree to that. I'd agree to that for sure. So I get like yeah. it's it's what you value more in it. I don't um, think we need to spend too long, too much longer talking about these cards. They're just really good. <laughs> it's it's kind of self evident yeah. how good they are. Um, but yeah, so that's our top picks category. Not not super big. Mostly just you know free spells and insane oh, hey, like that asymmetric yeah, uh, bears and stuff so here's our our next category is kind of just our other picks or cards that we want to briefly discuss or touch on or just kind of you know we, we might not actually read out each card like we did for the topics oh, but and we commanders. can i can speed run this if you want <laughs> some of these cards have long text so i don't think we're going to do that yeah, uh, if, if you want to understand what they do um we're, we'll read out the ones that we want to talk about more um but some of them will just you know say the name and then give a few short words on it so if you want to understand what they do uh just look them up on skyfall or something um so first things first we've got uh zerda the dawn what is this the dawn walker waker waker, dawn uh, waker. The dawn if waker. i hear one okay. more person call it the dawn maker i'm gonna <laughs> lose my shit so basically basically <laughs> zerda is just like a biomancer's familiar but it discounts every ability in every zone across all card types yeah, which is it's pretty like, powerful. It, it also has companion, but the, the companion you're never condition is so rough. The condition like, is very yeah, rough. It's, it's really I was like, hard, I was yeah. looking at it. I'm like, you know, this doesn't seem too bad. And like, it's not. You just lose like four or five really critical cards. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and, and also, okay, you're building your deck without like fish, Ristic study, dockside, Sylvan library. And, and then like you're carpet, like, yeah, eh, yeah, carpet, and it's like <laughs> so many good cards. Yeah, that being like, honestly, can I just say, thank God there are no yeah, competitively was, viable companions. I was, I was about to say <laughs> that that, and also thank God there's no second, like there's no red white partner with an activated ability. <laughs> just thank God <laughs> because yeah, be I, I would weird. have, I have no, I, I like, I'm not looking forward. Or I wouldn't want to play against a Thrasios X deck with Zerda as a companion ever. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can still put it in Kenrith. Yes, you could put it in Najila if you wanted, but then you'd but lose <laughs> a lot of your good combo Why pieces. Why would you want to? Jewish repository deck would still work. Yeah, I guess Gigantha is probably the closest to a. Companion that doesn't hurt to slow. Yeah, Gigantha in. plus Sissé is like the closest to the thing, and I'm not. I'm honestly, I'm not even convinced that Gigantha Sissé is better than just Sissé on its own. That's not. You lose like it, force it's of a will cool and a bunch of yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. So yeah, Zerda yeah. Biomaster's familiar number. I guess three because you've got training grounds. It's pretty yeah. good, you know. Also combos with base all monolith, all that good stuff, and Grim monolith. Yep. Cool. And Grim monolith. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, the next up, Mythoses. All of them. Yeah, we've got uh, a few. Oh, whoops, we should move this on our thing. Uh, yeah, we've got uh, three mythoses that we want to discuss. There's uh, five, I believe. But uh, so we've got mythos of Snapdax, mythos of Nithroi, and mythos of Brokos. So the first one um, is uh, two and two white, and it has like the secondary clause being of black red, so Mardu. Um, the next one is Abzan and 
the final one is in Sultai. So the Mardu one um, is Armageddon. No, no, sorry, not Armageddon. No, it's, it's Cataclysm. 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 It's no, it doesn't make you sacrifice the lands. But, it's tragic. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. sure, tragic, tragic arrogance. Um, but yeah, yeah. it allows you if you if you pay the alternate cost, allows you to select which permanents are kept for each player, which is sort so, of neat. Yeah, if you're if you're in like a I don't know why you'd be playing Edgar Markov Razakats or whatever, but if you are, you know, for four mana, this is something that you can use to remove a bunch of artifacts, creatures, and enchantments if they have multiples and have them lose their the best one of each. Or yeah, you get to have them sorry, I should phrase that as you get to have them keep the worst one of each. There you go. Um which can be quite a strong can be quite a strong effect. I mean, it um, seems fine. I don't think this is close to But, like, I don't, I don't think it's, like, yeah. I, I don't think it's good. <laughs> Honestly. I, I, think I, think, I think it might be playable in exactly Mardu decks. I think it's just then, as it's playable like as Mardu. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair so, point. So, the next one is uh, Vindicate, except doesn't it lands. So, I don't know. What do you call that? You call that a... It, that Angelic effect doesn't Purge? actually exist, does it? It's a. I, I. I'm not. I don't actually think it exists. No, it's not an angelic purge. It's a. What's what's the worst? No, I'm sure it exists. Okay, we're getting lost <laughs> in the weeds fine. here, guys. Let's, <laughs> it let's literally doesn't exist. Uh, it's a Vona activation. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> I, I'm gonna find the thing. You guys it's go on. It's a meteor this. golem, no, but there you, isn't just guys, an instant or sorcery that destroys target. Wait, no, because meteor permanent. meteor golem hits lands, right? No, okay. non land permanent. So opponent Mythos of Nethroid destroys target non land permanent if you paid, you know, green, Full white, and black, or yeah, a creature. If Next, did. yeah, uh, and then we've got which I think is like it's comparable in terms of like. Um, oh, it's like it's it's like an and it's, generous gift. It's almost an anguish so, on making. <laughs> Okay, okay, Morgan. You guys have hope you've had your fun. But yeah, it's similar to Beast Within and uh, Generous Gift, except those cards really only see play in and you can't stone decks people where the with colors. It. Yeah, um, but I don't think you're going to be stone raining people that often with Beast I mean, Within, unless you're doing, like Tasker stuff. The only reason you playing Beast Within is as an outlet, which means that you're probably aiming at a land. No, lands. you run it in, in like ESN and stuff. But the problem is, is that this requires you to be in three yes. colors the only to get reason the full you play activation. Beast, the only reason you play Beast Within in Absent. There you go, as as an outlet. <laughs> yeah. Um. So not really playable. Don't consider this as like an Assassin's Trophy. The extra mana really is. It's so rough. Uh, <laughs> That's yeah, so much very worse. Rough. Yeah. Um. The last one is uh, Mythos of Brokos, which is two and two green, and if you pay the additional um, colors, it's Sultai. Uh, so it's it's blue, black, double green. And it is return up to two target permanent cards from your grave at your hand. And if you pay the additional cost, you can search your library for a card, put that card into your graveyard, and shuffle your library. So I think this is kind of comparable to things like uh, Gerard's Orders. Um, yeah, sort of. Or like, or maybe like a Buried Alive, because you can kind of do some interesting stuff where you're like being I mean, a... Uh, it's Animate dead. It's realistic. Plus it's, a, a target it's, or something. It's realistically a final party that costs one less mana. No, it's very much not a final party. Yeah, because final party gets to find reanimate. Card. This 
this card. I tried so hard. Oh, it's it for turn up to two. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The other way. No, yeah. you only search for one card. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, never like, mind. <laughs> we, were, we were talking about it uh, for Muldrotha for obvious reasons, and we just could not actually get there on any sort of like a reasonable combination of things yeah, yeah like because because you need, I think this car needed need, to be an instant for it to be playable you need one of the permanents to be in your graveyard already yeah right yeah. and like the things that you might actually want to find in return that could enable some sort of combo with it aren't permanents like if you could get a spell and a permanent and then cast a spell and you know do this multiple times or something that might do something useful but it's just not there because you it's it's an entomb stapled to two nature spirals. So basically, it's a bad demonic tutor stapled to a nature spiral, which doesn't <laughs> feel like it, it doesn't seem like it's like when you put it that way, it doesn't sound like a card that's going to enable combos. Yes, pretty much. Yeah. And, and it doesn't. Okay, um, next up, we've got Parcel really? Beast. Um, <laughs> really? Really? I, 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 I love this card. Uh, oh, I don't actually, I'm not going to play on. any of my decks. <laughs> But as it's far, just as far as strict a, categories go, something that could be a other, two CMC value. It definitely engine. isn't other. I'll put it there. Uh, next, we got Luminous Broodmoth, which is like a four mana Malira. <laughs> four mana. No, it's, it's not, I no, guess you can no. see it's a Malira, but I was gonna say it's closer to a Macaeus. Yeah, it's more like a Macaeus. Yeah. yeah, I mean it, it does both, right? Like, no, what? Yeah. It, it combos with persistent. It combos with persistent creatures and undying creatures. Like it combos with both. Oh sure, doesn't, Malira doesn't combo with Undying. No, creatures. I know, but I'm saying it combo like it does. It does both sides of the thing. Sure, yeah, yeah. and it also yeah, and yeah. and it also quasi gives it gives things quasi Undying if you have yeah. a way to prevent them from getting counters. So if you have a mic, also gives, brings a, them back with flying, which is kind of yeah hilarious. hilarious yeah. yeah, it what fairy um, oofs can target itself, but it only brings it back with flying half the time. <laughs> <laughs> Airy oofs, sorry, not fairy oofs. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't think this card I, is gonna see I think it's, too much play. I think it's, this card's I, insane in like casual. I think it's a janky card that you're gonna find off of Court of Calling sometimes in Modern <laughs> or Pioneer, or that's about it. I think, I think there's maybe like I don't know. It, it if, does, if there was some some like Hulk pile, but I mean, obviously it, Flash is gone. It so, does seem pretty gross in casual like, like Absan or something. Yeah, it just like brings all your stuff back when you get wrath. Yeah, yeah, there are definitely some decks I remember like Yikes. that would absolutely love this card. So next we have Fiend Artisan. And I want to, I want, I put this card on the list because Which I wanted to talk about how black green, bad it is. Black green gets <laughs> plus, uh, black green, black green, uh, hybrids. 1-1 one, one, Nightmare gets plus 1 plus 1 for each creature in your bin, and then you can pay X and black, uh, green-black uh, hybrid, tap it, sack a creature, and search for an X CMC creature and put it into play. It's like a... And you can only less. activate that as a sorcery. Yeah, only as a sorcery, as, you know, Birthing Pod Claws, all that good stuff. It's, it's another variant on Birthing Pod. Um, it's bad Vanifar, bad Birthing Pod, bad Gison, all that good stuff. Um... I feel like people are overrating it in a lot of cases. I feel like it's really not good in a lot of decks. That being said, I actually feel like this is pretty great in Hulk decks right now. <laughs> Hulk decks that aren't for alls. Four color Hulk decks, stuff that has access to Rector, I feel like this is pretty great in. Just because it's both a sack outlet to get Hulk off the board when it's stuck on board, but also 
you can just like go tutor for sack outlets proper or academy rector or like it's so miscellaneous slow stuff. yeah grand abolisher grand abolish is the big one as well yeah or like go find a gilded drake or draft magistrate for that matter <laughs> turning turning yeah, dorks into draft magistrate for three mana seems not <laughs> terrible yeah, unlike Birthing Pod, you get to pick the CMC. Yeah. Also, like I but unlike Birthing Pod, you have to invest the CMC, and you can't like well, reclaim. Sure, but so you can't sack a Timna and then go up to a four drop. You have to but uh, sack a door cast know, a green sunset. It's every like time. sack a door cast a green sunset. I do also think this will see play in like Staxy hate bear decks like Blood Pod, or if there's something yeah. people build in Abzan. I think it um, definitely it definitely does just help like to f- oh I have one I have you know more dorks than I need at this point. Uh, let's go grab, I don't know, Magus, Aven Mind Sensor, like, yeah. and just uh, like Thalia, just... Aether Sworn Cannonist, Dranith Magistrate, yeah, like any yeah. number of... I, I, I just think it's too slow in a lot of these cases. I feel like... Having to, it's, it's, it's incredibly, yeah, like, having to wait a full turn cycle, having to do it at sorcery speed. I think it's too um, slow in a deck that isn't already looking to slow the game yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like it's I like comparable. Think it's even slow in, in bears. Decks. It's comparable to it's comparable to like a fauna shaman or a survival of the fittest, but it's like better than a f- except way 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 It's better than a fauna shaman for sure. Which I'm I no, it isn't saying much. Absolutely yeah, it is. not. Absolutely but no, no, not. No, it's, no, 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 no. What sure. fauna shaman in like a Razakat deck? No, 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 no I'm, I'm not talking. I'm not talking about it in the context of like binning fatties and using them as discard islands. I'm talking about them like in the context of finding is better than one. Fauna Shaman activation for sure. Yeah, like it's 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 like if you're using Fauna Shaman to find just like good pieces to get into play in like a sack stack or whatever, it's definitely better than Fauna Shaman, especially because you don't have to hold dorks in your hand when you're doing. Like you develop a bunch and then you drop it and then you can have an empty hand and still start generating. I think it's roughly. I think in its best case scenario, it's only roughly comparable in that best case scenario. So in in the scenario of like Hulk and being able to sacrifice things with it, I understand. But in that best case scenario, where that you're describing, where um, you know, fauna, it's you're you're sacking a dork in play to find something, or you know, holding getting rid of a dork in hand with fauna shaman. I think they're just pretty much very very similar. I don't think it's well, clearly better than fauna shaman. I, I do because you don't have to cast what you're getting. Yeah, that too. But you have to spend the mana to do it. So right, you're but you're not you going to get cast spelled. Yeah, but. Right, so whoops, it's a you grand can hold to hold up Fauna Shaman at instant speed and kind of determine what you're going to get. But I mean, later. also in a deck right. with Blood but, Pod, though, like so you can do tricks with Fauna Shaman for like even yeah. But also in a something. deck with like like Blood Pod, where you're almost always going to be on some number of mana producers, and you're almost always going to be on a guy's cradle, just because like the deck wants a lot of mana naturally anyway. There's a very real chance that if you let this resolve next turn, there's an Elishnorn coming out of it, or they're just putting a Linvala onto board without you being able to do anything about it. Like, I think it's a really powerful tool for getting around counter magic or forcing people to interact with it on the stack. Yeah, I don't think it's yeah. a very powerful tool. I think it's a very mediocre tool, personally. I, I just don't think this card is very good. I think people are overhyping it a lot. I think I, it makes sense. I buy your argument for Hulk. I think it's it's just about as good, uh, if not worse, in a lot of cases than, than Fauna Shaman. That's my take. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I don't think I don't think you're going to convince me. Um, so, but you know, I'll I'll eat my words if if this card becomes you know a staple and is showing to be very strong. But I I, I can't. Next see up, we have a 
companion that's sort of wrecking every other format but not ours <laughs> um, hey, which yeah. is lures yeah, of the dream actually. den um basically the companion cost is just you have to play two cmc or lower permanents in your deck and it buys back a two cmc or lower permanent from your graveyard every turn um yeah i mean like it's really good in other formats where you're you don't have to play high cmc cards or high cmc permanents rather um, and you can play four copies. Of and all you can your play four CMC copies permanents. of all your low cost things. <laughs> yeah. And you can kill people with combat damage. And you don't have to worry about all these, like having to play combos and stuff like that. In this format, it's sort of just, it's really hard to make work. And the payoff isn't really worth it. <laughs> yeah, I think there are two legal companion commanders. Is that right? Uh, yeah, yes. that's the other thing. It, yeah. it can only work with Ailey or Karlov. Yeah. Because your commander but, has to satisfy the companion restriction. Yeah. As far as Lurus in the 99, though, um, it's a great card in Razaketh because it can, in, some, in most cases, replace Eternal Witness. Um, and it's in much more, uh, much better colors because, you know, your primary combo. And it also... Uh, like, the cat combo is in white-black, so you're not, like, sacrificing your LED for green. Uh, and also the fact that... And this is actually really big. You can preemptively play it and get a tax in with Timna rather than having to hold on yeah. to it. It's like it, it provides large. this additional value that Eternal Witness yeah. really just. And also, I mean, provide. like the lifelink yeah. isn't like that's not negligible, right? And especially in Razaketh, or like sometimes yeah, yeah. you do just run out of life for lines. Like having a lifelinky attacker that also like cuts down your need for Eternal Witness is sort of neat. Yeah. Dude, I had it a unfortunately doesn't where, block uh, Timna's. No. Timna was a two drop and Luris <laughs> Thrasios Timna was a viable. Stop. <laughs> that honestly. Stop. Dude, I, I feel like we don't actually have to. Luris isn't what makes that the nightmare. No. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, it, it just Timna. exacerbates Dude, things. Dude, could you just right? imagine just if you could just consistently draw a card off your dork on turn two? Oh, baby. Um, but the one spooky thing that like i was i you know i play razakats and i was like oh i can test out luris over uh ewit and i definitely will Dranith magistrate is a card and you yeah, can't actually yeah. razaketh combo yeah. through Dranith magistrate yeah. and you cannot you also can't return like brought back stuff if you're trying to do brought back i'm loops. not no i don't, I don't think anybody's actually getting brought back loops at this point you are in song okay. blue okay and moving <laughs> yeah. on <laughs> okay uh, if you're playing Luris as your commander yeah you're definitely playing broad yeah. but yeah. What's, there's no reason for that but yeah like just the fact that you open yourself up to getting Dranith magistrated feels pretty bad yeah it feels not great honestly um yeah you really want to make sure you exile that thing <laughs> yeah yeah a lot yeah you really want gone okay um next up I think, uh, we have a yeah. Oh, are you? you, you no, 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 I, 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 I'm just saying. I think this might be close to the end of what we're. Yeah, no. Well, yeah. yeah the rest of the stuff we yeah. can say, like, yeah, I think we two, can just two blast through yeah. the last ones. We, we have, yeah. So for um, <laughs> for the viewers at home, we have a lot of stuff on this page. <laughs> we're probably not going to get through all of it. Um, we'll cover the. Well, we can things. say, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll just list it very briefly. But yeah, so we've got uh, three enchantments, and they're like the wedge uh, enchantments. The wedge enchantments, yeah, wedge, right? Um, I not think shards? the most important of yes. these, these are wedges. Is yes. is a uh, whirlwind I would of agree thought. With that. Um, so we'll we'll do this one first, and we can cover the last ones, you know, really quickly. So whirlwind of thought for one, uh, and Jeskai. It's an enchantment that says whenever you cast a non-creature spell, draw a card. Hey, that's so, pretty good. 
<laughs> played yeah, in just Cause Cause four, it's yeah. being slammed into Kikar, and I think it will wind up in uh, Elsha. I would be surprised. How it, it synergizes so cleanly because she lets you cast up at instant speed. You can stack up draw triggers when you're going off yeah. it, to yeah. clear lands off the top. It just it gets like you, you through cast, passes, cast, lands, cast stuff, quickly. and then you hit lands, and then you just let a draw trigger resolve and. Yeah, like Elsha yeah. wasn't necessarily having like the hardest time clearing lands at the top, but like this is just <laughs> oh yeah, icing. it's it's icing. <laughs> I have okay. I besides my personal experiences and a sensei's top and just all the lands. <laughs> beside my personal experiences, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. I'm, I've abandoned um, that project. I don't think there's too much else <laughs> no, to I mean, say it's, here. It's, it's like just, the quintessential storm card, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, next up, uh, we have Titan's Nest, which is the Sultai um enchantment so that's for one and sultai at the beginning of your yeah. upkeep look at the top card of your uh library you may put it into your graveyard and then you can exile a card from your graveyard to add uh generic mana to your mana a pool, colorless mana colorless. thank you very much yeah sorry <laughs> um and you can spend that mana to cast a colored spell without x in its basically mana gives all your stuff delve <laughs> yeah yeah kind yeah. Of cool. pretty cool the problem is that the problem is that you don't want to run spells that are really good with delve because you won't always have this enchantment. Yeah. So, like, mm -hmm. it's not... Like, think about how low to the ground most CDH decks are, and then how, like, rough it is to put in a bunch of stuff that works when you have this out to make it actually good. I wonder... Would you play it in Frog if it was in the colors, though? Yeah, I don't think I'd run this in Frog. In Sultai Frog? There's just much better things to be running. No, no, sorry. Like, if it was Golgari. Oh, uh, I still don't think so. No, okay. I'd may maybe if it was if it was three mana or two mana, Jesus for Christ. that effect. But <laughs> at four mana, I don't think I'd be running that. Um, I wonder. And so I wonder if you could or, like oh. play it in like some really large commander that takes a lot of mana and like use it as a ramp piece, <laughs> and like that's your payoff. Well, that's what I imagine for Gitrog. What what more maybe, was implying is like, maybe you I'd could like want that for the ramp. Maybe right? you could play it in like a Ramos deck. <laughs> no, you can't cast Ramos with it. it has what? to be a colored spell. Oh, it has to be a colored spell. Yeah. Oh, that makes it so yeah. much worse. Yeah, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <it's, yeah>. Oops. <laughs> Um, and then so our last uh, enchantment on the list is Death's Oasis and a cast for Abzan. And it reads, whenever a non-token creature you control dies, put the top two cards of your library into your graveyard, then return a creature card with lower converted mana cost than the creature that died from your graveyard to your hand. And then it also has one and sacrifice Death's Oasis, you gain life equal to the greatest converted mana cost among creatures you control. I need to, um, I need to kind of interesting in that it's like a uh, scrap trawler for creatures. That also mills you, which is yes, like, that's, could that's, you imagine yeah, if yeah, scrap trawler mills like, you? That is very large. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Definitely interesting. Spice. Yeah. Some this card is probably possibly. like might might see play in in some decks but it's it's i can't imagine it being like a fringe sorry a uh, a key part of a uh, a combo or like a, a core piece of the deck it's probably just going to be like a fringe piece that's like a, like a value engine or fringe combo piece or something like it does not, like not it, it really does tick all the boxes with razika yeah so yeah like life gain uh graveyard value and recursion it's close okay yeah. so the next that, that that wraps it up for the cards we're gonna read, and then we're just gonna kind of say we're we're gonna give like 
each each of us will cover one of these cards um, in in order of me, Matt, uh, Reed, Morgan, <laughs> <laughs> and, and just give our our like brief brief description of the card and our opinion. The so, order was for our uh, benefit, not yours. Yep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so first one is Cogla Titan Ape. Sorry, <laughs> Cogla Titan Ape, um, and it's a uh, seven six. You know, mono green creature. When it enters, it fights something. When it attacks, it destroys artifacts and enchantments. And it has a team or saber tooth ability. This is something that can see play in uh, mono exactly green Savala. Mono green Savala. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next uh, we have Luca Coppercoat Outcast. Three red red five loyalty. Planeswalker um, has kind of like a restricted polymorph effect. Um, yeah, I don't know where that would fit in if anyone else has any ideas. I think it's just like if you're if you're running the divergent deck, you can maybe use this yeah, as an additional polymorph, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's pretty we'll weak. It's, yeah. it's pretty fat. Um, <laughs> uh, next, next we got Tidal Barracuda, um, which is Grand Abolisher in mono blue, except it also gives everybody a uh, what is it? Vidalcan. There we go. Vidalcan Basically, everybody can cast up at flash except on your turn, where only you get to cast spells. Um, there's also four mana, which is a lot, but I mean, it's interesting, right? <laughs> it's sort of neat. Sure. Maybe yeah. like maybe Definitely. like Vanifar likes it. I don't know. Um, yeah, that is interesting for Vanifar. <laughs> yeah. um, All right. Yeah, it's it's not terrible next. in Vanifar. Um, next up is Molten Echoes, an enchantment that casts for two red red, and it has when as Molten e- Echoes enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Whenever a non-token creature of the chosen type enters the battlefield under your control, create a token that's a copy of that creature. That token gains haste, exile it at the beginning of the next end step. Good for exactly Godo. Yeah. Good for <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'll put it in. Maybe it'll go in an hour. Who knows? Uh, next up, we've got Dismantling Wave. Um, for two and a white, it reads, uh, for each opponent, destroy up to one target artifact or enchantment that player controls, and it has cycling for six and double white, and when you cycle it, destroy all artifacts and enchantments. Uh, three, three mana, destroy, you know, one artifact and enchantment from each opponent. Eh, could be playable as, uh, if people start running a ton of value enchantments yeah, or the uh, artifacts and stack like pieces. I'd like it a lot more if it was an instant. If it was an instant, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's competing uh, for, against yeah, things like, I mean, that would be really good. <laughs> uh, Force of Vigor and things like and that. And also, so definitely whatever a the bottom is, option. What's it called? Yeah, bad. There's, yeah, sure. Grasp of Fate is, yeah. 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 It, it competes with but, Grasp of Fate. Yeah. Anyway, or like, on, I really honestly, like Heliod's <laughs> intervention, I would probably play over this. Yeah, sure. But <laughs> all right, moving on. <laughs> the uh, next one is actually probably what yes. it competes with the most. Yeah. <laughs> Last but not least, we have Barrier Breach for two and a green instant exile up to three target enchantments, uh, cycling for two. So super. If people get okay, really plus, if people card. get really out into the weeds on like Smothering Tithe and Rhystic Studies and. Uh, like compost. Yeah, if, the, if the board's clogged up, I feel like, like it's enchantments I feel like it's not about no, how edge. much people are playing those. It's about how frustrated a given pilot gets <laughs> with people playing them. It's just like yeah. I'm sick of this. I'm putting barrier breach in. Thankfully, it cycles, and also thankfully, it's an yep. instant. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, okay. Well, that wraps it up for our set review. Uh, <laughs> very, very impactful stuff in our top picks, and the rest of it is kind of just meh. Um, I'm, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, 
how, how the rest of the year shapes out with the what is it commander legends the the draft the set? draft oh set. boy i am oh no oh, yeah. i'm nervous Honestly, for that one. having <laughs> yeah, seen draft magistrate get printed i'm not totally excited for that one <laughs> i'm gonna be completely yeah, honest my, my excitement with every set has been replaced with nervousness <laughs> dread. So yeah impending yeah, dread honestly man the, the the one thing that makes me more nervous than Dranath is uh like this trend towards cards that like really rely on having your commander like i feel like the commander text itself has been printed more than ever in the past couple of years like i'm so i'm talking specifically about um like fierce guardianship deflecting yeah. squad, deadly rock right now I, if like every new set has a card like cards like these where you like you have to buy the product because you have to play the next best commander like card I, i'm gonna i'm worried about that yeah that that, that could be rough. Yeah, like, like, prior- like arcane signet like i know they're reprinting it but it's like no one was happy about that yeah yeah, like before this, yeah. there there was like very limited and like very specific command. I mean, there was like Arcane Signet, but there was like the Lure Lieutenant cards from Commander 2014, um, Bastion Protector, but like it was stuff that synergized with your commander, not like made you want to have your commander in play for the sake of the card. You, and I feel like they've kind of reversed that now where you want to like it used to be that you you would play those cards because they worked when you had your commander in play and now you're like you want to have your commander in play so that these cards work and the focus is on the card and not the commander and it just makes another barrier to like decks that don't necessarily always want to have their commander in play yeah well said Okay, well, now it's time for everyone's favorite segment. Gut check! Gut check! (laughs) Morgan? I'm waiting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so this question is a bit inspired by the the quarantine. um, (laughs) And it is, is physical magic overrated? Hmm. You guys got (laughs) fucking... Don't like many so people the, hate it. When I say overrated, <laughs> so, I don't mean like is it is it bad. I mean, you know, like is, the magic- with, with access to MTG Arena, MTGO, uh, webcam magic with proxies, um, cockatrice. You know, have is is are people putting too much value in actually owning the physical cards, um, or should you know, or or is is webcam kind of going to be? Is, is webcam underrated or are these other things underrated T- take it however yeah. you want that's the question sure uh, I, I think the physical cards are way too important for magic at this point like as as far as like a business as far as um you know forcing you to get out of your house to be social and you know put deodorant on and shower sometimes <laughs> like it i i and like you know the, the magic economy as far like i hate to say that but there is you know like value in, the, in these cards uh, which you just don't get with online and obviously not with cockatrice like, you just can't i don't think you can necessarily set those aside it's just so important yeah and as as a motivator for social experiences also like yeah you can certainly chat and socialize when you're playing over like webcam or discord on cockatrice or whatever but it's definitely like not the same um even simple stuff, I mean, not being able to see each other's faces makes a lot of, you know, 
very, a lot of social things much less effective, but also like we still don't have a good solution for conferencing to allow multiple people to like speak at the same time or like to not really listen. Like everything's sort of if you're having a conversation and two people talk at the same time, you can like kind of hear them or like you can have a side conversation that like does not work on discord. And so it is much less social. Read. Yeah. I mean like, yeah, there, there are aspects both ways, right? I feel, yeah. Like I, I do feel like the attachment to the actual paper cardboard is overrated and that could probably die if there's ever a true replacement for it. But yeah, like, I mean, there's, there's stuff about IRL interaction that you only get IRL. I, I will yeah. say that, yeah, there's definitely some, also some over-romanticization of the physical interaction. Like, it's like, oh, you know, you're at your buddy's house drinking your beers. It's like, yeah, or we're at a local game store and, like, it's crowded and there's other yeah. people around us being loud. Or, like, and it's not like you can't drink and socialize when you play yeah. online or whatever. Or, like, I'm, I'm but, stuck at a uh, weekend tournament for an entire day and... Yeah. I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> yeah. 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 So my, my opinion, I think is pretty close to reads, which is, um, I think the, you know, face to face social interaction is very important, but I think the physical cards themselves are maybe a bit overrated, especially given, you know, how expensive things can get in the secondary market. Um, that seems to, to me to just be a big indicator of how, you know, overrated owning the actual physical cards is, um, you know, you see on the subreddit all the time, people like, oh, you know, no proxies allowed, blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, I can't get this budget. It's like, man, you know what? Just just proxy the cards if you want to play CDH and, you know, buy, buy, spend money where you can. But don't don't break the bank to, you know, own your copy of all the dual lands and all that garbage. Um, yeah, I think the face to face social interaction is pretty important. So yeah. that's why I'm looking forward to the quarantine being over and yes. being able to, oh being able to <laughs> get some face-to-face -face magic in again. Um, yeah, I think that that's that wraps up for the gut check and it's also, our I, final segment. I, I before do, we uh, for people oh. who may not know, it is also really funny that our local game store is literally called Face. Yeah, to -face I, I was I was snickering <laughs> at that <laughs> under my breath. Yeah, screen to screen yeah. games. Um. Yeah, okay, so before we wrap things up, we've got a couple listener questions. Uh, so Tegan asks, how do you deal with burnout? Recently, I have not played much Magic and have not enjoyed it when I did play. I was dreading Ikoria spoilers, and even with Flash Gun, I still feel relatively ambivalent towards a format where I used to spend hours theorycrafting for. I feel like every three months, there's a brand new awful mechanic or card that obsoletes all of my decks no matter the format, and I really don't know uh, how to enjoy the game again. That's a that's a tough one. Um, personally, I, I definitely experience um, burnout. I, I feel like I experience less magic burnout overall, so much as like format specific burnout. Um, I like playing Magic Arena when you know new sets come out and you can play standard and theory craft a bunch of new decks. But once the meta gets solved, I kind of get burnt out on that. Um, only so many times you can draft you know the same cube in like Vintage Cube on MTGO. Um, 60 card constructed. It's if you're playing it like your LGS, I'm I can get bored of those pretty quickly because they can, uh, they can the games can kind of get played out, especially if you only have like one deck and it's hard to own multiple decks for 60 card 
um, because those decks can get very expensive. And Commander is the format that has the most longevity for me. Um, but, you know, CDH can get stale after a while. It was certainly stale in the Flash meta, and I played a lot less. Um, but in those cases, I generally, you know, move towards, you know, mid-power EDH or, or, or whatnot. So I definitely experienced burnout, um, but I try to kind of, like, rotate through a bunch of different formats to keep things fresh. Yeah, I would also say, I would also say, like, in terms of managing it, it's fine to just like accept that you're a little bit burnt out on something and decide not to do it for a little bit. And I think that that you'll get over it a lot faster if you not necessarily, I'm not, not necessarily like commit to that, but essentially don't like keep checking. Don't, don't be like, Hey, I, you know, I'm going to, it's been a couple weeks. I'm going to go to commander night and see if it's fun again. Just like, don't play until you're like, man, I really want to play some commander. I really want to go to commander night. I really want to brew a new deck, whatever it is. And like, it's fine to not want to do something for a little bit. And you shouldn't feel like you're obligated to get back into it or to get over being burnt out. Like, yeah, if you're not oh, yeah. enjoying something, honestly, trying to, keep pushing at it isn't a good way to fix that. Yeah, like, honestly, um, I've actually sort of gone through, like, a couple of periods of burnout in CDH. Um, Actually, right now is sort of one. Not really. It's really more being busy than anything. Mine ended on April 20th. It's really really more me being busy, but, like, I've definitely gone through a couple of periods of burnout um, with the CDH format, and honestly, like, for me, it's just, yeah, sort of building on what Morgan said, like, don't be afraid to just like drop it for a while, like full stop and walk away and then like throw yourself full, like full bore at something else at some other hobby and like go whatever, like get through the video game that you've been meaning to play or like go pick, go pick up like a D and D group with another group of friends and use that to fill your weekends or whatever, or just like anything else. Go play a sport and stop being such a massive just, nerd. Just go play sports. <laughs> pick up, pick up. Yeah, actually, once, exercising. Once the pandemic's over, go outside. Yeah. Like, and, or uh, just like, but just like, do just throw yourself at something else full bore, and get really interested in something else. And you'll realize, like, a month or two down the road, that it'll just be like, oh, yeah, like I was, I'm sort of missing this now. Like, I, I sort of miss like brewing decks. I sort of miss like playing all this stuff. Let's go back. And then, like, it's just a very natural just, point to just go back and start playing again. You can just do something that's, like, super, super boring. Like, you're like, I'm just going to sit down and watch all of One Piece or Naruto <laughs> or Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> and then yeah. by, like, you know, 150 episodes in, you're like, it's got to be over. Right? I've got to be close. <laughs> and then you, you're like, not, you're not even halfway there. And you're like, fuck it, man. Let's <laughs> Commander's looking super interesting again. Let's, let's, uh, let's go do that. Dude, I got like Although, 400 episodes into One Piece and I stopped. And I don't want to go back. I have read, <laughs> I believe, 800 chapters of the manga and then I stopped. <laughs> because yeah. it is it is so tedious after a while. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the, the other thing I would say is for brewing, one thing I like to do a lot is give myself stipulations. And I think that can really add... A lot, a lot of what's fun for brewing for me is overcoming challenges and you know getting to look through Scryfall for niche cards, and it's no fun when the decks build themselves or it's like, oh, you know, I'm gonna build you know 
Locust God and go on EDA track, you're like, oh, well, everyone's already found out all the cool cards for Locust God. I'm not really going to find anything new here. So pretty like easy to build itself. Well, I mean, obviously the EDA, the oh, EDA yeah. track decks that are kind of like average, the average decks aren't perfect and you can just tune it up. But a lot of the fun is finding like diamonds in the rough or niche cards. So building with stipulations or coming up with like new novel ideas to build decks uh, that that gives a lot of uh energy and excitement for yeah brewing honestly for like so one of that. one of the things that gives brewing longevity for me is like <laughs> it sounds weird but become obsessed with a couple of cards or strategies that obviously aren't good <laughs> and every couple of months just come back to them and try to make them work again and it'll never work but just <laughs> like keep keep on it and stay obsessed with them and you'll just have hours of time to spend on brewing <laughs> like i for, for a long time i tried to make waste not work did it want to no did that stop me from trying no <laughs> you just just pick some <laughs> cards make them your pet cards and like just try to make them work okay and our last listener question comes to us from Riker, and Riker asks what do you think about calamax for cdh tamer has been neglected for a while and a storm or twin slash mana engine um cat freed breach stacks uh blood moon back to basics angle could be sweet as a value-based commander um that can win the game and i think we already covered yeah. a lot of calamax discussion um earlier in the episode so yeah uh, I don't think there's too much more here to discuss. If you guys want to add anything before we close it out, if you somehow made it here, just rewind the episode, um, <laughs> and uh, you guys. No, Matt, you're gonna get stuck in a loop. <laughs> no, what have you done? <laughs> <laughs> You've messed with and the natural order. If this is your your <laughs> second time listening to this part of the episode, carry through. All right. Okay, there we go. We yeah. saved. Good it. job, Lynn. You gave him the next condition. Um, <laughs> All these alternate timelines. And on a, on a separate okay. note, if any of you are doing computer science classes right now, this is what we call recursion. <laughs> uh, well, that about wraps it up for this episode. If you guys would like to reach out to us with any questions, comments, or concerns, you can contact us on Twitter at Into the North Pod via our email, Into the North Podcast at gmail.com, or on our Discord server, the invite link for which can be found in the description for this episode. Extra special thanks to all of our patrons who help cover the expenses for our show and allow us to work towards improving the quality of the podcast. If you too would like to become a patron, we are at patreon.com slash Into the North Podcast. Thank you, as always, to the band Vox Cadre for our lovely podcast music, to Nate Slover for our equally lovely podcast logo, and to our long-suffering podcast editor, Roadkill. Next episode will be out in two weeks. Until then, see ya. Bye. Peace out. Have a good one.